Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my Eye Clarity Podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest Eye Clarity episode. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Sam, and I'd like to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. Well, today I'm going to give you a bird's eye view into a session I gave to a mom who's got a 12-year-old, and the dilemma is is that she's got some vision problems, progressive myopia, a visual coordination problem called convergence excess, But the big thing is she has been doing physical vision therapy for over a year with some other doctors, and uh, she still has the symptoms of her eyes getting really tired. Sometimes her eyes feel painful, and she's exhausted by the end of the day. So when I talk to the mom, you know, we go through things like the prenatal period, the pregnancy, the birth, the first three years, bonding, and everything seemed to be pretty normal. And yet, here we are at age 12, and there's still unresolved vision problems. So what do you do? So in this session, I bring in the whole body, and I talk about cellular biochemistry, and how we need more energy to be able to absorb any therapy that we might receive. You know, one of my mentors, Dr. Al Sutton, he was a a world-known developmental optometrist. He was practicing in Miami Beach, professor at Barry College. And I studied with him for a long time. And one of the things that he taught me, which I still use today, is the fact that before we start with any child in any kind of physical therapy program, we want to get an assessment of their nutrition and, if we can, order a lab test where we can see what is the nutrient absorption like, are there any heavy metal toxicities, and in figuring that out first, that is number one, If you can improve the energy and the biochemistry on a cellular level, then the child is more available to receive the therapy and make the changes developmentally that we're asking them that they need to do. Because it takes an incredible amount of energy to go through any kind of therapeutic process. And if you're depleted, you're just not going to get very far. So in this session, I talked to the mom about some different ways to go about, you know, helping her her child. And uh, for any parent out there who's got a child and they just don't know what's going on, this could be really helpful. So I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for tuning in. The way I see it is that, especially in children, 
and learning in school, we have the sensory motor systems and there's a developmental arc where we, as, as kids, we learn through movement how to integrate our sensory motor development, mm-hmm. our eyes, our ears, our proprioception, um, you know, and then that leads to spatial decision making and, uh, and then some of the cognitive skills, you know, executive function, memory and, you know, spelling and math and all that stuff. And it does start uh, with the primitive reflexes. Those are kind of the foundation. And, um, you know, there's the Moro and the fear paralysis reflex. They tend to go together. And then you have the TLR and the, the spinal gland. And, you know, mm-hmm. There are about five or six of them that profoundly affect vision development. And so there, there's that piece, the, the reflex work, the vestibular work, the, the um, bilateral integration, which you talk about. And so when there are eye problems, at some level on uh, either a primitive reflex or gross motor level, vestibular as well, there's some delay, there's some developmental delay that's interfering with the visual development to really click in. And it sounds like she's got some of the visual skills, but if she's still having the, you know, the, the visual symptoms, then at some point, the foundational motor, whether it's reflex or, um, you know, gross motor, are not really solidified. So there's that piece of it that's happening. And so things like convergence excess or myopia are muscular and stress reactions, adaptive responses, because the the demand that's being placed on her is too high based on her skill set. Right. So she's got to she's got to compensate in some way. And so what vision therapy is supposed to do is help. Um, fill in the gaps of where the, the motor development maybe is, is, is missing and then to improve the visual skills so that the vision is effortless and that allows the brain to then absorb the information and there's good output and there you go. There's another part of it that has to do with cellular function and I'm talking about systemic metabolic that um, at some level, if the energy is draining out and it's partly visual, there's still uh, a lack of resiliency on a cellular level of being able to absorb nutrients even better. And the better the nutrients, the more energy, the better the detoxification pathways. And um, without having that really strong cellular uh, health, then all the therapies that you can offer, all the physical therapy, vision therapy, they don't work as well because the person doesn't have enough cellular energy to learn what they're needing to learn. So the cart before the horse, you want to really make sure the cellular energy is working at a high level before you uh, present you know, physical therapies, occupational therapy, vision therapy. So there could be partly a cellular uh, lack of 
uh, nutrient absorption. It's not what you're feeding her, but it's just, is she, is she absorbing as well as she could be? Is there an autoimmune thing? Is the digestive system, you know, is there inflammation? Obviously stress is going to bring more of that. And, you know, the gut and the eyes, the gut and the brain are very interrelated in a, in a lot of ways. And then you can bring in the the nervous the nervous system. You know, is she more sympathetically nervous system uh, focused? Again, if you're spending more time in the sympathetic nervous system, you are gonna you know you're gonna burn out faster. And so, where's the parasympathetic nervous system part of it? You know, sleep, relaxation, uh, digestion. And so if the, if the adrenals are involved, then, you know, there's sympathetic overdrive. And, you know, again, there's this whole syndrome of uh, too much overload in the system. And then, um, and then there you go. Um, it creates um, some obstacles in, in the reading and learning. The thing is, at this point, she's done so much vision therapy, she's probably kind of burned out from it. Yeah, and they say, "Okay, here's more." You know, <laughs> you don't you don't really have a a willing participant. You know, it's like she's not going to buy in very easily because she's done so much of it, and um, so we have to bring that into the into the equation. Because for me to say, "Okay, here are more exercises to do. This is what you need to do." I don't think you're going to get a binding from her. So the question is, how do we solve the problem? How do we um, inspire her to move to the next level in her development, her performance, reduce the stress, have her learn more self-regulation? Um, you know, it's all those things. Is it part of part biochemical? Uh, probably. Uh, so that's going to be how do we figure that out right and you and i are going to work together and brainstorm that and we're going to navigate the least resistance <laughs> so that's kind of how i see what's happening but we have to be very careful and artful about what we might present because she's overloaded she's you know with all that vision therapy you would think you would have more results. And that's where on a cellular level, something still is not clicking. So one of the tools, and again, the, there's lots of different ways to the top of the mountain. So when I present stuff, you get to veto it. You can say, eh, uh, yeah, no, I've done that. Um, one, of, one of the things that we could consider is doing some kind of a lab test um, and what I would opt for at this point is something like a hair mineral analysis. Okay. And the reason why is that in a hair mineral analysis, we get to see on a subtle level, the mineral ratios and what a hair, hair test tells us the, the, the internal representation that the person is going to show us in a hair test is how they deal with external stress, like their life. And their lifestyle that they're living in, the hair test is going to show you their adaptive responses on a trace mineral level, 
on a digestive level, on a heavy metals level. It's not 100%, but it's a subtle enough test that gives you a, a broad enough snapshot that you're going to get some uh, information. Like, for example, I would probably predict that, number one, she might have some kind of sensitivity to carbs. Um, mm-hmm. And when she has carbs, it kind of depletes her even more. And that would show up in the calcium-magnesium ratio. Okay. Or the sodium-potassium ratio would tell us about her adrenal health. Or um, phosphorus, that trace mineral, would tell us, okay, how is she absorbing her protein? She's getting enough protein. Is she absorbing it? Mm-hmm. And then we could look at some other trace minerals like chromium, which is sensitive to carbohydrate metabolism or um, heavy metals. We could see, has she been exposed to you know any of that? And there are other indicators as well. Um, now, if you don't want to do a hair mineral, and maybe you have access to that. Um, no, I think you that's great. You could do it through me. I could send you a packet, and it's very uh, non-invasive. You just cut some hair from the nape of the neck, and uh, you fill out a health history, and then um, you send it into my lab, and then we get a result. But it's a it's a roadmap to some degree. We're not guessing what is needed. She's probably at some level on a cellular level been depleted for a while. In in the regular pediatrician world, unless it's a I have friends and colleagues who are, and they're women, they're holistic pediatricians, and they're not in your area. They they kind of get that. But mm-hmm. in a regular allopathic situation, it's not something that they're focused on. They're focused more on, you know, the big diseases and, right. you know, blood yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, but anyway, a lot of that kind of stuff. But no, I mean, that sounds... That sounds great. We definitely uh, well, I, think, I think we ought to start there because whenever, whenever I see somebody who's done uh, any kind of therapy, occupational therapy, vision therapy, and they're not getting the results, then there's a problem on a cellular level where the person's energetic availability is not there to absorb the level that they need to, to make the changes because at some at some level here, um, even if it's a small situation, there's some she's not connecting what to do with her body and how to use it in a way that really allows her to work optimally. Like this left side, right side thing. This is this is a pretty big issue. And it may be that she's using more of her right side or her right eye, using more of her left brain. So in other words, um, you know, if we were going to do any vision therapy, and that's a big if, probably um, the two things that I would focus on would be maybe doing the Moro reflex integration. I don't know when the last time you did that. The, the Moro that I do is called the Moro Starfish. Okay. Does that ring a bell? Does that ring a bell to no, you? Did you? that doesn't ring a bell. No. Okay. So, so um, just a little uh, background for me. Um, I had a wonderful mentor from Florida who was a, he was a, a fantastic developmental optometrist. And um, 
we went to Scandinavia, he and I, and we studied with those eye doctors who had been doing the primitive reflexes since 1975. And um, we really learned the, the importance of the reflexes as it relates to vision. And it's been slow to distill that information into, you know, the vision therapy practices. I think it's happened. I mean, this is 25 years ago. Right. But um, I work with a lot of OTs. Um, and um, so primitive reflexes are whole part of the whole thing. And I work a lot with something called yoke prisms and um, um, other other things as well, color therapy. Okay. So um, I, I'll, I'm going to demonstrate the moral reflex because this is being recorded. And then the other one that you might consider would be doing some bilateral movement things in an obstacle course. Okay. Now, have you guys done any bilateral movement in obstacle courses? So, and what I mean by that is setting up, you know, chairs and pillows and right. and having her move through the world. She could kick a soccer ball. She could dribble a basketball. And then having her do, say, maybe some skipping, but where I want her to go with this is develop her back body and learn to hop and skip backwards. It's backwards. It's the, yeah, it's the going backwards that stimulates that back body, which makes the whole brain work. Uh, and the vision center is actually in the back part of the brain. So when we do, we do a lot of motor uh, stuff. I, in fact, I don't even do like eye movements and things until much, much later. And we do very little of it. We do some of it, but we really spend time with kids in the reflex world, in the vestibular stimulation world, and in the, the motoring through space with having them visually guiding and directing their movements okay. so that they're connecting their vision with their body as they're moving. And with things like hopping and skipping and galloping, they have to get as proficient going backwards as they are going forwards. And in fact, if I if we were in person, I would probably um, ask Evelyn to see what her skipping backwards is. And, you know, I this may or may not be true, but, but it may be difficult for her to skip backwards. I don't know. I think it probably backwards. would be. Probably would be. Um, and so that really develops the whole brain. So this obstacle course situation, you can do it with a bike, but it needs to be slow, you know, turning. You can do it with a soccer ball, like, you know, kicking around different things. Because we want her to get better at using her vision to move her body through the world. That's really what the definition of vision is. And I wouldn't worry um, as much about the reading and the handwriting and the academics because she is operating in a different time space um, than, say, other kids. And we have to honor her rhythm. And at some level, there might be too much demand on her. I don't know. And yeah, there, yeah, there was quite a bit. And then we um, had we switched. Need to pull back. Yeah, we need to pull back on that. Okay. Because that actually does more harm than good. Um, I'm very sensitive to that. Um, she may be an incredibly creative, 
individual that that is just operating at a different rhythm and time. Very, very creative and always, always very, very creative. And so with the creativity, what I would do is that, that I would spotlight that one um, because that might actually give her some um, some more juice. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to demonstrate the Moro reflex and then I'll send you some. Um, and, you know, another thing is you're not that far at some point um, to come up here and, you know, we could do like a two hour session. I mean, I got to tell you at this point when I work with people, it's six sessions. Okay. Now I'm doing the vision therapy, but going as long as you there's crawling there's galloping so this would be galloping this would be skipping but you see i'm i'm really getting my upper body and my lower none of this coordinated okay. really good okay and there's hopping um and so the the key is you would be setting up an obstacle course somewhere Again, pillows, chairs, whatever. Maybe you do it first and then she does it. Um, and I really want her to motor backwards. Like that's, and so she's motoring backwards and there's a real engagement of the bilateral integration. Um, so that would be, you know, if you can get her to buy in um, with those things, that would be that would be great. Um, she likes to do that kind of bike stuff. Ride, soccer, basketball. Um, you know, does she play tennis? She does not play As tennis. Um, huh? We do play basketball and ride bikes. And so, so you, um, know, um, you know, things like badminton, like getting into her, an eye, and she says she's good at eye hand, but I'd have her use her opposite hand. Yeah, I was like, it's it's good eye hand on, you know, dominant, but. <laughs> yeah. but so we, we want to engage that left side more. Um, okay. So, so have you guys ever used these? Oh, yeah, we have lots of those. Mm-hmm. Parquetry blocks. So one of the, one of the things that I learned, I worked with a guy named Doctor Wax W A C H S. He's not alive anymore, and I studied with Doctor Wax. He was from Pittsburgh, and he was a really great developmental optometrist. And he worked a lot with the Piaget method, um, but with the blocks. I'm going to send you um, kind of a sequence. So let me just explain. Like you and she would each have the same four blocks. Okay. And you would sit back to back and you would build a design and you would have to explain to her how to make the design, but she couldn't look at yours. She'd oh. have to do it from a auditory verbal. And then she would do the same thing. She would make a design and then she would explain uh, describe to you how to make it. Another way to do it would be to blindfold her. And I'll send you the directions on this. I'm just giving you the highlights. Blindfold her, and you would scotch tape like four blocks down on a piece of cardboard. She would feel yours, and then she would make hers based on feeling yours. So there's a visual memory. Yeah. Okay. Um, and 
So there's a couple of ways that that we can, you know, we can use those, those blocks, but that would be, there's like four or five ways that are really great that you could interact with her that might be slightly different than what you've been doing with the parquetry. And it's very cognitive um, driven, but it's also visual auditory motor. Um, So it's like, it's, it's really good. So, um, and I would say those would be, you know, the highlights. Um, for now, and then let's get the hair test. And I think it's going to be okay. We're going to find some deficits, and then we'll have to decide what's the best way to supplement here. Would it be in a morning, you know, smoothie drink? Would it be, you know, right. she is starting now with capsules, but. Um, there are a lot of different strategies and great companies that, you know, it's like, she almost needs like a really big boost in the morning. Yeah. Something kind of like a big boost going. of something. And I definitely can see yeah. that it's, you know, deficient in something. It's just hard to tell what, um, well, this is where the hair ma- mineral analysis, we're going to get a, a test of all the minerals and the minerals are the spark plug of the, of the cells. And it's a much more subtle test. So we get to see things that are like a little deeper than say on blood work as a 24 hour snapshot. And unless there's a, you know, right. a huge deficit, everything is no, fine. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's really fascinating. Um, since her dad does have Addison's, which, you know, since it's such a rare autoimmune yeah. disorder, I think there's always a root yeah. cause. Um, so that was mm-hmm. something too. I wanted to make sure whatever she might be deficient in doesn't end up in something like that later on. Um, so no, that's so, very interesting. You can put that in on the health history when I send you that, um, you know, father has Addison's. And of course, uh, some of my patients that do the best with the autoimmune are when they really cut out the inflammatory foods. Um, that seems to be and such dairy, a... dairy, gluten. Yeah. And dairy and gluten, yeah. And dairy, gluten, and high glycemic sugar stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, you know, if you think there's a, a, a hint of autoimmune, I'm not sure that there is, but I'm not there's sure something there is, but there's, yeah, I'm not sure what. But cellularly, she should be farther along based on the vision therapy that was presented to her. And that's why I think the hair mineral test is probably will, will help us with some of the missing links. And then what I would like you to do, if you could email me what the the computer reading prescription is um like what is she using and the, also oh, the reading script have, i do have it in front script. of me oh okay what is it it says od plus um 0. 0.50 in the sphere okay os mm-hmm. plus 0. 0.50 okay and then in the uh-huh. notes, it just says Trivex only, no polycarbonate and blue light blocker. Okay. okay. That's, that's a good prescription. You know, with that prescription, it tells me that they aren't worried about the myopia um, because at a plus 50, if she had more myopia, then the, that prescription would be much different. Different. I think so, a large, I'm not, I think. It seems like she seemed more concerned with the size of the eyeballs. Um, the size of the eyeballs. The size of them. So the size. Mm-hmm. That's what she well, seemed you know, most concerned it, with. 
um, size. So there's two parts. There's structure and function. Mm-hmm. Um, I I tend to lean more towards function, like what's the functional health as opposed to the structural health. You know, as long as the pupils are responding to light, she's not light sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know, unless, unless the unless the eyes are like bulging and that would suggest some kind of a thyroid issue. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I mean, certainly. I didn't see any, I haven't seen any bulging or anything like that. Um, You know, I'm more interested in the balance between the two eyes and being able to come into visual midline. And that's where that Moro starfish could relax that, that, you know, because a convergence excess and myopia is just a muscling. Mm-hmm. I'm over muscling to compensate because I either don't have the skill set, I don't have the energy, or you're giving me too much, or the demand is too much. So that that tells you, okay, we is what we're giving her. We need to regulate uh, that kind of watch her nervous system so that we're not overwhelming her to the point where she's completely stressed out mm-hmm. and uh, yeah um, I think that's kind of where we are <laughs> yeah so okay so what I'll do is I'm going to send you um, I'll send you written directions on the morrow oh. and this bilateral movement thing and the parquetry and um, you get the recording and then um, you're I'll, I'll mail you the hair packet Okay. Um, and it's pretty self-explanatory, but if you've got any questions, just give me a call. So we'll we'll take care of that. And then maybe let's talk again, um, I don't know, after the hair test comes back. Okay. Uh, once I get it, I can contact you. And, um, and then by that time, you might have a little data on, um, you know, introducing the Moro and um, the bilateral movement Sure how that's stuff. been going. Okay. Now that's going. And uh, we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. I, don't, I think it's more at this point is we need to tweak subtlety. Like there's been a lot of look, the good news about the vision therapy you've done is there's a really strong foundational basis of what you've done. And so now what we're going to do is be as efficient as we can to kind of tie it up so that she's fully integrating and absorbing what you know, what she's been doing. And part of that might be biochemical as well. But I, I think yeah, that's that, a really interesting point. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, we can see about the color therapy. There are ways that you can do the color therapy very inexpensively. Um, I've been doing color therapy for a long time. So I've developed, um, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily have to get some big light and light, but that could be helpful uh, down the road also, but yeah, no, that, um, I, I mean, show- I'm definitely open to all the different, you know, light therapies and stuff like that. I always find a lot of that very mm-hmm. fascinating. Like I said, though, but after a year, I was like, I don't know. I'm a little suspicious that we're throwing that in too. Like it's, you know, yeah. <laughs> but well, um, I think at that point that see again, what the way I would see it is I would do the biochemistry first before you start mm-hmm. That covers the base. And I would do the color therapy first as well mm-hmm. or early. Um, what the color therapy does is it it balances the nervous system and it can open up the peripheral vision and relax the brain. 
Okay. So, you know, that, that energetic healing can be really great. It's just, you know, the point when it was introduced was kind of like, I would have done it a lot sooner, but I don't, I don't do long processes anymore because it doesn't take that long. It's like we kind of get to the root and we just go for it. And in some of the regular vision therapy practices, um, it's a lot slower either. I don't know if the doctor was in the room or the doctor does the therapy or, or she, he or she hires vision therapists and then it becomes this whole, mm-hmm. you know, business model. So yeah, that's but, it. Uh, the business model always makes me nervous sometimes. Yeah, yeah we're, we're staying away from business model. We want to help you. I, I, appreciate, I do appreciate that. I do. As a, yeah, you know. well, well, as parents, it's a, you know, you got a lot of expenses. So anyway, um, let's, let's go this direction. No, and then uh, feel free to email me any questions you have. And again, I'll send this stuff to you by the end of the day. And just start exploring it, you know, when you can. Don't push too hard. If you can do it every day, every other day, every third day, you know, you just you're gonna have to negotiate. And I totally she's burned out from the whole the whole scene. Very burned so. out, and you know, they require you know homework and stuff, and that's been a big burden. Oh, you know, because yeah, at her yeah, school so they we, don't requ- she's at an acting academy and they don't require homework. It's all very, you know, no shoes, play. Um, yeah. so homework bring stressful. This next, this next, next, uh, level of the vision work, we want it to be more playful. Absolutely. No, more, more fluid, more flow, more whole body. Let's, let's make it creative. Well, I'll tell you what, if you step back, you might actually take 10 steps more later on. That's I've noticed that I pulled her out of standard school and we took, you know, one step back and then it was like leaps and bounds ahead. Once I pulled her from that setting. Exactly. Yes. So that's really what you're looking at. She's going to do it her own way. She's very unique. And um, we kind of have to just nurture that, that uh, trajectory and not impose so much onto it because she's just going to, she's going to pull back. She's not going to be available. Yeah. So this is a key point, you know, before we end the podcast, There's no cookbook approach, and sometimes when you go into these busy physical vision therapy offices where, you know, they program you and you go twice or three times a week and you're working with a vision therapist, sometimes there isn't room to improvise and, you know, meet the child where he or she is. And in this particular case, to get to the bottom of it, It's going to be a combination of doing some primitive reflex integration and working with the bilateral movements with visually guided, you know, obstacle courses to help her integrate her eyes and vision with her body. It's amazing to me the number of kids I've worked with is when I help them reconnect their eyes to their brain and body through movement that they just take off. But the first thing we're going to do is the biochemistry and see what her body is adapting to in terms of stress. And then from there, we're going to do some kind of a support supplementation and or diet to see if we can really boost cellular energy. And then we're going to do some very targeted, specific physical vision therapy things 
We may do light and color therapy as well. We may do a little craniosacral therapy. We'll just see. But um, anyways, thanks for tuning in today. And uh, that's our show. And until next time, everybody, take good care. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.